Hi there, I'm Elizabeth Richard. And I'm Sebastian Richard. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast podcast. Today we have a really um, great topic that we're, we're going to talk about. Um, and I really encourage you to stick around. You know, you might hear my title and think that it does not apply to you, but you're going to see that when we go through these points, um, you might identify yourself to some of these points. So hopefully anyway. So I know that we did, and that's why we're doing this broadcast. So yeah, we're gonna... absolutely. So they resonated with us because we've been through those hoops. So yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about money, 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 money. You know, that <laughs> word that all Christians are scared of or have a lot of hate towards or a lot of opinions towards. Um, and uh, it's funny because, you know, years back, uh, we were in the, that kind of mindset, you know, that money is the root of all evil and very uh, negative towards money. And, um, you know, and even when we were kind of getting out of that and we were more positive towards it, you know, I, I like believing, yeah, I believe that God could want this for us, could want to bless us with money. Uh, we didn't realize how much the poverty spirit and religious spirit had plagued us no, and no. how our mindset was completely off and that we had to renew our mindset completely. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about the five money myths most broke Christians believe. Okay, And, and, and we, we've been in doubt to five, but it could have been 15 because there's a lot of money myths yeah. that believers believe. But, you know, we have about an hour, an hour and a half. So we're going to just keep it at five. Exactly. So I want you to, I encourage you to share this broadcast from wherever you're listening. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This is going to help a lot of believers because, you know, money is really something that everybody needs. It's a tool that everybody needs to function. It's a tool that many people need to bless others. It's, uh, you know, we need it to feed our kids. We need it for our, our, our homes, for everything that we, you know, function in. And so it's a little crazy that a lot of believers have such a broke mindset concerning money. And that's because religion really has done a number in basically, um, you know, distorting the, the Bible in a certain the way. Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Distorting the Bible in a certain way because most uh, pastors, unfortunately, uh, do not have a lot of income coming in. And they have, you know, created this philosophy, this religious way of thinking towards money. Uh, because they're like, you know what, I do the will of God every day. And if the Lord wanted to bless me, then I would have, you know, a lot more money. So mm -hmm. I don't believe, you know, that um, since I'm such a, uh, a, you know, righteous man, I don't believe that um, I'm doing anything wrong. So therefore, if I'm not seeing fruit, then, you know, those other pastors or other people that are making lots of money have, you know, another way of going about it. And it's probably unethical or, you know, they're just like begging people to give them money and it's so wrong. And they have all these, you know, um, ways of thinking that are not uh, the renewed way of, it's not a kingdom mindset. It's not basically. a renewed mind way and, of looking at money yeah. and looking at prosperity and looking at, exactly. you know, that, that's another thing. The, the word prosperity has gotten such a uh, um, negative, a negative negative connotation now it's it's yeah. so badly seen the, the word itself and, mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful world word when you think about it when it when you think about what it means yeah. prosperity is a good word i mean the meaning of it is, mm -hmm. is something that everybody should want and yet the the word because of the prosperity gospel that and, has and gotten out of hand to a certain degree oh yeah there's yeah. definitely been some a lot of 
uh, sinful behaviors when it comes to to that uh, those extremes, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but the word itself is is not a bad word. It's something that I would wish on on, on all believers. It's something yeah. that that I believe God wants for all believers to to prosper and be in health, right? That like uh, Third yeah. John uh, two says. So yeah, it's a and, good thing. And you know, years back. Um, I remember talking to Sebastian about different verses that I would read in the Bible that would talk about, you know, the Lord wanting to prosper us and, and for us to have um, all these wonderful things. And, you know, it, it was all about blessing. And I was like, well, how come most Christians aren't experiencing that? You know, I was like, why are we not experiencing, experiencing that? And um, it got me kind of like frustrated and angry in, in, a, in a good way to to mm -hmm. kind of like question like there's something wrong here you know yeah. not because the lord isn't good but there's something we're not getting here you know why are some believers uh, more prosperous than others is there something they're doing that's different um you know is it because of the business that they're in is it their mindset like i started questioning a lot or, of or things. we even thought i mean at some point when it, when i was really really bad when the poverty spirit was so strong in my life i would think that they were being blessed by Satan. Mm. Like I, I would think, oh well, either rich pastors or rich believers, oh they're, they're being blessed. They 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 fall into a trap of the love of money. That's how yeah. I would justify it. So it, I I really had God did had to do a whole one eighty with me, and it took years. And he did uh, not a one eighty with Liz, but maybe a I don't know, maybe a. A 110 with you? Like so, it wasn't it wasn't as bad. So it wasn't as bad as I yeah, was. Yeah, because I didn't come from the same background. No, you know, I came he, from from abject uh, poverty. Exactly. And, 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 so yeah. he had seen that. He had seen his parents being on welfare. He had a you know move 13 times because his dad was always moving from job to job. So it was a whole different way of looking at money and yeah. looking at life. I was raised uh, more of a middle class background, so I didn't you know for us it was kind of normal to, 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 you know, want to, uh, have money. I, you know, my dad was a generous with the poor. He was generous with his church. Um, I never saw him, you know, um, being stingy when it came to money. So I had that example. Yeah. Uh, but you know, later on life happens and then you, you get on your own and then you start, um, living on your own and, and going to certain churches and, you know, adapting to their philosophies. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I was, um, shifted, you know, from Bible school to, um, to that, that way of thinking. And then, um, into another environment of, of well, church ba basically, that to, was to put more, the, put the, to put the viewers and listeners in context, she was from a, a upper middle class Pentecostal background. And then she shifted, uh, she was, she was sent to a, a more like a Baptist, Baptist uh, school. Yeah. And then eventually the Baptist religion. In, in some degrees. So uh, yeah. it was a huge change of philosophy for you. Yeah. For me, it was kind of the opposite. When I when I met her, it was like uh, she would bring me to her uh, Pentecostal church. It was a, 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 I was like, whoa, what's like, what's going on here? Everybody seems to be doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. That, is that, is that godly? 
Yeah, and, and that's because, you know, the, the church was in, a, in an environment that was uh, middle class, you know, uh, a lot of people that had, I know, good businesses and uh, were doing well for themselves in, in the secular world and were giving to the church a lot and were very generous and the church was thriving financially. And, and so the church became one of the biggest church uh, churches in Quebec at the time. Yeah. And, um, and so you see, so, so it's all about the way you think about money. Um, you know, why do you do some um, churches, for example, that are more in a country setting, uh, more of a, a small Baptist church that will teach about, um, you know, the money is the root of all evil, not to want money. And it's OK, you know, the way we're, we're what we're living and just be glad that you're blessed, have food on the table and, uh, you know, just want less, you know, want stay less. humble, stay thankful for everything you've got. And there's have nothing a wrong small, with being thankful and, yeah. and teaching people. To but be have thankful, a but... small mindset and think small. Yeah. Don't expect much from the Lord, you yeah. know, because that's for other people. If you've God's going to bless other people that got way. Food, clothes on your back and a roof over your head. Uh, don't expect more from God. This is really good. Like yeah, that, you're that, righteous. that was the philosophy. That, you're righteous. If you expect nothing and you're just happy with what you have, don't want, don't want more. Don't try to get a better job. You know, just be happy with what you have. They were basically uh, uh, Put your tent right here and don't go anywhere because if you go somewhere else, then, you know, that might mean that you're going to change church and we want you to keep on giving to this church. So stay in this, country environment right here and keep on going to your church this this is where you need to be you know that's basically the mindset because they're so scared that the little small um you know uh audience that they do have coming to church which is like generally like 20 people 30 people they're like very scared that these people are going to move away and want more because, you know, then we're going to have a body less that's going to give less. And how is the church going to survive? And, and so they have this this really broke mindset as if God is not going to provide. You know, it just depends on these people's wallets and otherwise they're going to starve. And so uh, we're going to talk about these different myths. And I know that we're talking a lot about church and, you know, uh, ministry people and leaders um, that have churches, but we're also going to talk about the the broke believer in general, because I think that there's nothing sadder to be on a broadcast. And I've, I've been on many broadcasts mm -hmm. where I'm looking and I'm scrolling and, you know, the, the past, the, the, the minister in front is preaching and he's clearly anointed and there's a, a powerful move of God yeah. and they're ministered to, and they're getting prophetic words and, you know, it's just like wonderful. And then they'll say, you know, if you want to bless this ministry, if we want to keep it going, please sow a seed, please give um, to help this this broadcast to keep on going. And then it's like everybody's like crickets. Uh, they or, pop or, off. Or, or the numbers go down. The numbers Sometimes start the, going the down. go down. And people like, are like, okay, you know, like, no, he's a man of God. He has to be doing this for free. Like, you know, manna has to fall from the sky and yeah. in his yard because you know that's the only way that he's going to survive and you know god would do that for him because he's a man of god or, or like how? he doesn't need me to give a 20 bucks or 10 bucks because you know he's a man of god he should be doing for free or how you dare know? he ask us for money some people think yeah. like that how dare he like if he were really a man of god if he were truly a man of god he wouldn't ask people for money. That that's yeah. how far this has gone. Yeah. Uh, to the like the 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 reaction to 
uh, excesses in the prosperity gospel preaching, yeah. the reaction to it has brought people completely on the other yeah. end of the spectrum uh, with a, a, a crazy mindset when it comes to money. And that's, we're going to address some of it tonight. Obviously, we won't cover the whole thing. There's too yeah. much to talk about. And you, you won't understand how crazy it is until your, your mind is completely renewed into a kingdom mindset. Because as the Lord starts to renew your mindset and shift things, that's when you see how sick your mindset was. Yeah, you know, you, you can't, it's sometimes it's very hard for you to understand how the religious spirit and the poverty spirit did a number on your mindset. Yeah. And that's why we're not, you know, uh, judging anybody, um, you oh, know, we and, and I don't care how many we comments you put on YouTube about this. Uh, if it's negative, if you don't perceive it in the right way, I'm just telling you for a fact, I know I was there and I know that the Lord completely changed our mindset yeah. and blessings started coming in. All kinds of wonderful things started coming in because the Lord knew that he could trust us with the little bit that he was giving us. And, and you know, the Lord is, is um, looking for who he can bless in, in a mighty way. But you have to, you know, you'll hear a lot of sermons about this and, you know, they'll say, be a good steward, be a good steward. Yes, it's important, but you have to have the right character and the right heart. But, but the, the, and, the good steward thing oftentimes is taught, I'm sorry to interrupt you with this, but the good steward thing oftentimes is taught from a perspective of uh, don't spend. Yeah. Save a penny. Are you being Be a good steward? Are you overspending? It's about frugality. That's how we, we were taught it most times, mm -hmm. but we are not being taught from the perspective of remember the uh, the parable of the the talents mm -hmm. who was the good steward in the parable of the talents the one who made money the one yeah. who grew the money who doubled it those were the good stewards we don't hear they, that in it in wasn't the one no. it wasn't the ones who would save it or, mm -hmm. or hide Hoard it in the, it earth. In the earth, and, but yeah. and yet we, we kind of have a twisted mindset mm -hmm. where we see saving a penny as honorable more than making a penny. We don't teach entrepreneurship in churches. That's not something that's talked about. And yet it's all over the Bible. Why? Yeah. Do you, how do you think Abraham became rich or Job uh, or Lot or uh, Jesus the, the was patriot. a carpenter. Jesus Why do you have a, to look that far? Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus was a carpenter. Why didn't he look, just yeah. ask for manna to fall from the sky? You know, he could have. He was Jesus. But, uh, you know, like yeah. people forget that Jesus actually had his own business. Yeah. He actually and the, so did, did the apostles. They were they were fishermen by they trade. So they they had boats. Yeah. They they were in business together, uh, working together. Mm -hmm. So they had their businesses, their fishing business going. So entrepreneurship is all over the scriptures, and yet we're yeah. so seldom taught entrepreneurship in church, and it's a shame. But Liz, we really have to get uh, through these points. Of, of okay, yeah. So the first myth we're going to talk about, and remember. We're talking about this because we really want you to identify with certain things here and say, you know, um, I really realize that, you know, this is a problem. I do think like this. And at the end of the broadcast, we're going to have a solution for this and we're going to recommend certain things. Well, so it's going to help you. Yeah. It's going to absolutely help you to get out of this uh, mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first myth is when I am rich, I will have a renewed mind. I won't think like a broke person. So the people generally think that money is going to solve all their problems and that all of a sudden you win the lottery ticket, um, a family member dies, you inherit the $100,000 and your problems are gone. You're going to have a renewed mind and you're going to be like this wonderful Christian all of a sudden because 
God blessed you in this way. And then all of that poverty spirit and that, you know, broken mindset just flows away. Yeah. Well, that's a big problem because obviously it's proven. I mean, if you look at the track record or you can even uh, go on YouTube and check it out, check those videos out of uh, people who wrecked their lives after winning the lottery. Yeah. And the problem is, and I, I, I hope I have the right words, but their mindset was at a place that couldn't handle the amount of money they yeah. inherited. Mm -hmm. See, if your mindset is at a 50,000 place, in other, in other words, if your stewardship capability with the mindset that you have right now is able to handle 50,000 and not a penny more, mm -hmm. what happens to you if you inherit 500,000? Right. It's going to wreck you. You're, you're not going to be thinking clearly. You're not going to be making wise decisions because you have cultivated a mindset or you have grown to a place where 50,000 is your max. Mm -hmm. See uh, what you were saying about God looking for people he can trust with wealth. Yeah. Uh, that, that, is, that is a simple principle. God doesn't send growth where there is poor management. Simple as that. I mean, uh, you, you don't give a raise to an employee who doesn't deserve it. Uh, obviously, the, the, the guy in the, the parable of the, uh, the talents, the one who went to bury his talent, what happened at the end? He said, take his talent and give it to the guy who doubled the five talents and made right. 10 with it. Add this talent to him. Why? Because he's trustworthy. Because he grew what I gave him. Mm -hmm. Because he had great stewardship. And I send growth where there is great management, great stewardship. And that's something we don't often hear. Now, guess what? You, wherever you're at in your life right now, wherever you are, you are the result of your best thinking. You're the result of your best thinking when it comes to all areas of your life, including money. So whatever salary you have now, whatever money you're managing yearly now, mm -hmm. that's the result of your best thinking. Now, if you're thinking, if you're looking at your situation right now and you're thinking, gosh, there's definitely room for, for improvement here. I, I mean, I'm making 50000 but I could really use 150000 Well, guess what you need to do to to be able to make 50, 150,000 or to be entrusted with 150,000. You need to work on your mindset, the way you view things, the way you think, the way you perceive situations, the way you perceive people, the mm -hmm. way you perceive a ton of things. You need to work your mindset up to the level of 150,000. Same thing if you want 500,000, same thing for me. See, there's even uh, the, the, the millionaires, the millionaires go to uh, conferences or training seminars to learn how to become billionaires right. because they're realizing they're stuck too. If you're a millionaire and you're stuck at a million and your goal, your, your, you, what you want is to make 500 million or you want to make a billion, well, guess what? You're stuck at a million. You're going to need to work your mindset the same way the person who's making 50,000 wants to grow to 500,000. It's the same thing. It's all about growth and change and changing your optics and the way uh, you see and perceive money. And see, for most Christians, uh, we have misgivings or misconceptions about money, about blessing, about God and prosperity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things, are, are a lot of them, 
not all of them, but a lot of them are myths. They're, they're stuff that we've created through religion and we're stuck in it, like you said earlier. Yeah, and I would just want to go back, you know, when he was talking about um, the the stewardship and being frugal is that, you know, we, we went to the extreme with that because there were people going to the extreme and ruining their marriages because, you know, you'd have one frugal person and married to a person that would not look at the cost of anything, spend all the time, end up in debt and, and ruin their marriage because they had all kinds of fights towards money because it was completely like, you know, this this balance, like completely unbalanced. Right. So that's why you have so much of that, you know, be frugal, uh, be careful, you know, save for a rainy day, uh, learn how to, to, to manage what you have, invest and all these things. Right. And I'm not saying that any of it, it is bad. I'm not saying that any of it is bad. We need to learn how to steward our money and not waste it on things that are not important. And we have to, you know, that's part of the renewed mindset. When you start shifting and thinking in, in a kingdom mindset, your focus about how you're going to spend is very different. Yeah. You're not spending so much on yourself, mm-hmm. but you're thinking of how you can expand the kingdom of God. So it's very different. So the more money that you make, you're constantly thinking how you can expand, how you can, uh, widen grow, and grow touch more people or, in your ministry or yeah. in your business, how you can apply a kingdom mindset in your business and bless unbelievers. You're, you're completely different mindset of how you're going to use money. Yeah. Okay. So let's not forget that. So I just want to clarify that because I know some people will say, well, there's nothing wrong with being frugal and watching for our pennies, Absolutely whatever. Yeah. But I just want you to see, you know, there, there's also a, a negative side of being too frugal. And we're going to talk, and about we're going to talk about that where that could hinder uh, your king and hinder you from having a kingdom mindset. Okay. Yeah, so, so we wanted to talk about that first point because a lot of people think they have this notion that if they, win a lot of money, all of a sudden their mind mindset is going to shift. And so Sebastian talked to you about personal growth, how some, you know, uh, people will do personal growth to help shift and start thinking bigger, right? <clears throat> and that renews their mind. And some believers will really read declarations, financial, um, financial uh, verses in the Bible, uh, will listen, like we did a, a YouTube video on declarations, what is it called? Biblical financial declarations. Yeah, we actually <clears throat> that we just one. did recently. Yeah, we made one for for people with Bible verses. Yeah, and you can go see that on Thriving on Purpose uh, on our YouTube channel. You'll see it there. And uh, there's there's biblical declarations that are based on uh, biblical promises that have to do with your finances in the Bible. And it's really encouraging to re-listen to that, right? To remind ourselves because sometimes we're in a situation where. You know, you might be tighter or something happened. You had to spend a lot of money and all of a sudden you're like feeling, you know, that it's it's getting difficult. So you think about these things, you think about these blessings that the Lord wants to bless you and these biblical promises and it encourages you and it helps shift your mindset on what's possible. Yeah, right? because the word of God is trans- transformative. So mm-hmm. if you uh, if you listen, if you immerse yourself in in the. Uh, and the scriptures that have to do with God delighting in your prosperity yeah. or God blessing you. There's, I mean, obviously, there it's all over the Bible. We just have to know where to look for it. So that's why we compiled it in that uh, that YouTube video where uh, we compile it there. 
you know, I think there's two versions. There's a three-hour version and an eight-hour version, depending on what you. Yeah. So, so play yeah. that in the background. You know, when you go to bed, play it before your... bed. Um, play it in your in your house when you're you know doing your cooking or whatever, because in your car in traffic, because it's gonna. At first, you know, if you have a poverty mindset or a religious mindset, the verses you're gonna notice kind of like itch you. The, in the you're sense gonna that be like, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah but, like yeah, but. I don't know. Like you're gonna realize that you don't necessarily fully believe that 100. percent Yeah, you know, and, and that's and that, why and, you need to listen. And that's why exactly. And then the more you listen to it, and the more you understand God's goodness, and and um, you know, renew your mind by listening to these things and understand that these things He didn't write them. It's not a joke. Like He's not a respecter person. That says, well, those verses are for Joe and not for you. Like it yeah. applies to every. Christian. So when you start understanding that it's for you as well, you get encouraged and you start believing them, but yeah. it, you have to repeat it. And we even did, um, we wrote them down and we were uh, listening to them and you can, um, you can write to us to uh, uh, support at thrivingonpurpose.com. You can write to us an email if you'd like to have the PDF version, if you want to just print it out and reread it like we did. Um, it really helps us to to see it. And you're going to see there's some days you're going to read it and it's like, it kind of bugs you, you know, it's not, um, some days you don't believe it necessarily as much as other days, you know, other days you're like in a better position in your, in your um, walk with God and you're, you're in a better place in, in your walk with God and you start believing it more and it starts sinking in and then you see blessings come, right? Because what we declare what we decree and declare out loud um, will attract these blessings. The Lord will bless you as you shift your mindset. But like he said, you know, there's small blessings to see how you fare with this uh, amount of money, what you do with it. You know, the Lord does want to test us to see uh, how we can handle this. Because like he said, you know, if you, if you won $500,000 and you were making, I don't know, 35,000 a year, like, you would go on a spending spree, go crazy and probably have no money, uh, you know, in, in three months or four months from then. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, these YouTube videos where I, I, I watched a few of them uh, of uh, incredible stories of people, how they wrecked their lives mm -hmm. with, with because they inherited a lot of money. And their relationships because, oh you know, people around just, you. They didn't have the wisdom to mm -hmm. handle it. There was this, uh, I think, 17-year-old yeah. girl. She wrecked her life. Mm -hmm. And uh, years, years later, she 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 lived in she she became a waitress, and uh, she she was so afraid of money after that that she was happy as a waitress. Think about that: how much you have to wreck your life after winning the lotto to get to a point where you're waiting tables and you're happy because mm -hmm. you're not you don't make much money. That's how badly it got for some of them. Yeah, because there's also you know the family members when they find out that you won so much money, they expect you to give them big amounts and then there's fights there's some in the people family. Who can't handle that. There's some people who can't ha handle yeah. or who don't have the, the wisdom to know how to deal with that. Family members coming, popping out of the woodworks or fr friend, uh, friends popping out of the woodworks, friends <laughs> popping yeah. out of the woodworks, asking for money and all that. It's, it's not everybody who's able to live up to that kind of, um, I guess, managing of, of such huge amounts of relationships as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that come into play 
that people don't necessarily think about. But the Lord knows all things, right? He knows your heart. He knows what you can handle. So oftentimes, you know, the blessings come with what you can handle as well. So the second myth is when I get money, I will start to give to ministries Okay, so then I'll be generous. Then I'll right? be generous then I'll because be generous. then you know. I'm right now, be... I'm not generous. I don't have money. I have a small salary, so I'm not generous. I'm not giving to anybody. Uh, I can barely make it myself. So, I, but but when I have money, when I have money, then I'll give. No, you won't. No. So <laughs> the reality is, and it's a hard reality for many people because you know many people say well you don't know how much i have to pay this and i have to pay for my kid that's going to college and i have to do this and my car just broke down and this and that okay so we all listen very carefully Everybody. we all have things like that that happen okay but why does one believer give generously no matter what to a ministry that blesses them and another one doesn't and is in the exact same situation, mm -hmm. okay? So, and you know, um, how should I say this? I've seen, you know, many people on different uh, feeds of broadcasts, like I say, being totally blessed, uh, the powerful move of the Spirit of God, um, you know, they're being encouraged, they're getting amazing prophetic words, the Spirit of God is clearly there, and the person says, you know what? I, the, they'll write stuff in the comments like I can't uh, right now. Um, I, I'll I'll try to give next week, or you know, like you can see that by the comments that they just, you know, they're they're like I don't have the money, or I I'm 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 just too dry. Yet a lot of them will buy pizza that night, or they or have beer. enough money to pay their Netflix account this month, or yeah, they, they, you or, know what I mean. You know, buy their cigarettes, buy whatever it is they're addicted yeah. to. Um, you know, money, if you look at different households and I just look at yourself, how you spend money, look at your uncle, look at your grandparents, look at your parents. Everybody has a different priority when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. Some of some people I know, they don't think it's important to, to focus on healthy eating. OK, they're not about that. They're about trips. They'll put money aside for vacation. That is like the thing that's super important to them. Other people, it's wine, it's, you know, cigarettes, it's cable um, TV, it's college. College is super important. They want to put tons of money aside in case their kid becomes a doctor. Like they'll literally, you know, um, live like a poor person because in their mind, you know, that is the ultimate best that they can give to their kids. So they're going to put everything aside for that. Like everybody has a different idea of mm -hmm. what is a priority when it comes to money. Okay. So that is irrelevant the lord wants us to have a generous heart mm. whether you have a kid going to college whether he knows all things okay he knows all things now why do we give to ministries why do we give to somebody that blesses us with a prophetic word that that's a prophet why do we bless somebody that we see is in need you you go to you know walking downtown with your family and you see a person begging on the side of the street clearly is a homeless person why do we give because the Lord wants us to give. He wants us to represent him. You know, Jesus was a very loving person, a very giving person. He he went out to show us what it was to be a servant leader. Now, yes, you can be a servant leader. And we look at that in Jesus's life as him doing things for others. But there's also the money aspect that's very big in, in our lives today. You know, the, the ministers that you listen to have to survive, have to pay their bills, have to feed their families. A lot of these 
people that are ministering to you don't have necessarily the means coming in, you know, um, you know, not everybody's an entrepreneur. You know, some of them are relying on on just donations to 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 make it financially. So you have to keep that in mind. You know, I, I've always followed the Holy Spirit with that. And, um, you know, even when I couldn't give very much, I gave something, yeah. you know, even if you give, I don't know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks on a pay through your PayPal account. It's better to give something. Yes. You know, give your widow's end, might. Give your widow's might. Yeah. And that, like if it's two bucks, it's two bucks. But but give where you're fed. Like mm -hmm. if if God uses a channel uh, or, or whatever you're listening to or whatever pastor or whatever church you go to, wherever you're blessed and, and mm -hmm. fed spiritually, give, follow the leading of God and give back. Yeah, because you were given something, give back. That is the Lord. I believe personally, when I'm fed, when something impacts me, mm -hmm. when when a teaching impacts me, when an impartation happens, when a prophetic word is given, I feel like the Lord is testing me if I'm going to be faithful back mm -hmm. or if I'm going to uh, show show my my thanks, you know, by giving back, because. Uh, and it's a it you know you can ask the Lord for the for the amount. I mean, if you if you pray in the Spirit, He's going to mm -hmm. show you how much to give. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it might surprise you. Sometimes it's not much. Other times it might surprise you. It might be a lot more than you thought. Yeah. But the point is, we need to be tested in obedience in our giving. And the, the problem of of uh, broke believers. I believe has to, a lot to do with a lack of generosity. Mm -hmm. They have a me, myself, and I first mentality. Yeah. And as a result, it is affecting their blessedness. Mm -hmm. So because you're not being obedient in your giving and in, in the, the opportunities that God is showing you or putting mm -hmm. on your path to give, these are tests. And guess what? You're going to go through that test, pass that test over and over again until you finally yeah. get the lesson mm -hmm. once you start getting the lesson it's going to be by increment mm -hmm. see for example in the beginning it might be five bucks later it might be 50 bucks later it might be 500 bucks later when you're a successful entrepreneur you might say hey give five thousand over there those are times when if you are able to give the five thousand over there it's because you will have done like david david didn't didn't uh, uh, kill goliath uh without uh, prior training he killed bears he killed lions before he was able to go up against goliath well right. guess what the same thing in our giving our giving is going to be by increment and john is going to uh, put these tests in front of us see the, it's it's the stewardship test it's the management test how much are you able to manage how, how much out of your wallet are you able yeah. to manage in other words when god is pressing on you to give are you passing that test are you, with the five bucks, yeah. then with the 50 bucks, then with, with the 500? See, if you're passing the smaller tests, you'll pass the bigger tests later on. And that's how prosperity gets built mm -hmm. and, and you gain momentum in the blessing that comes to you, the giving back. The blessing that comes to you, the giving back. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something like I always say on, on all, all the broadcasts we've done about money, I explained that money is not a stagnant pond or right. a lake. It's a flowing river. It's always moving. It needs to always change hands in order to be a blessing. Yeah. 
And there's another principle that you don't understand about the widow's might is that, you know, the Lord, um, why that was so powerful is because she gave everything she had, but she, it was a physical thing that she gave, which yeah. is, you know, in this case, it was the, the equivalent of a the, penny, basically. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of Christians look at that and they go, wow, you know, like she's so amazing. She gave everything she had and like, look at what God did and this and that. But, you know, a lot of you have more than the widow's might. Yeah. You know, a lot of you have more than that. Even if it's not much, it's it's more. And a lot of you won't even give your $10 or your $15 because you're holding on to it. Yeah. Right. And so it's really important to understand that there is an exchange. Okay. There's an exchange that happens from the physical realm to the spiritual realm. Yeah. Now, God, obviously, whether you give $10, $15, $20, it, ma it doesn't matter to him on the amount. Okay. It's not like, you know, there's a cash no, register it, in it's heaven. It's a heart okay? matter. It's a hard matter. It's about seeing how much you're attached to it. It's about, will you give this to me? Do you trust me enough to bless you, you know, a hundred times fold, you know, because most people that give uh, $10, $15 expect absolutely nothing from the Lord. Like they'll give, but in reality, they don't give they expectantly. Don't, they don't give expectingly. No. Like, like if you really had a guarantee, okay, if you had a guarantee, that the Lord was going to give you a hundred dollars because you gave 10 bucks. Like everybody would be throwing their 10 bucks. Right. But a lot of people have this mentality that they're going to give the Lord $10 and he's going to give absolutely nothing back. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're hoarding it. That's why they're holding on to yeah. it. Because if you understand that the Lord's going to bless you and multiply it, it's like, you know, when I, when I used to work at, um, um, the, for the government, we used to work, um, you know, sorting mail and stuff. Uh, everybody wanted to do this like a collective lotto ticket thing where everybody gave like two bucks and then we had all our names on the big draw. And then if we won, uh, you know, 50, uh, like let's say a hundred thousand, a million or whatever, then they have to split it between all the names, right? Everybody was running to throw their two bucks because mm -hmm. they had faith in, the lotto they ticket, had expectancy. they had expectancy. They were like, you know, I would be crazy. Like if they win, which they, you know, there's a big chance they will. And I'm the only idiot that didn't cash in. I'm going to look stupid and I'm going to be like kicking myself in the butt forever <laughs> because I didn't, you know, participate. And I'm going to watch these people take their retirement early and I'm going to be still stuck here. Right. <laughs> so everybody in the department gave their two bucks yeah. and most of them gave more, you know, gave even more. So, you know, and that's a lotto ticket people. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're working for the King of Kings. Like you are part of the kingdom of God. And he said 30 fold, 60 fold, hundred fold. Okay. So why wouldn't you want to be part of that? Why wouldn't you want to sow a seed so that, you know, in the physical realm, you give something to the Lord and then you're blessing one of his servants or any, you know, any kingdom ministry that you were blessed by. Yeah. And then you know that the Lord is going to reward you. He's going to give it back to you. So, and you know, he's not cheap and he's not going to give you back exactly the same amount that you, you know, it says it in the word of God. He's not going to give you back the same amount that you sowed. So why not participate? You know, so anyway, that's that's a whole, you know, that's a whole mind shift, right? At yeah. first, you're going to start small amounts and then it's going to be bigger. And then you're going to notice there's times where the Lord is going to test you. Yeah. Okay. There was one time 
um, you know, I started seeing the, the Lord bless me um, financially, like, uh, you know, all of a sudden I, I get a, a check that, you know, the, the government owed me extra money, you know, for example. And then I was like, wow, what a blessing. You know, I had just prayed for this and this and look at the amount we got. And we were like, uh, you know, super blessed. The Lord was was blessing us in this way and all kinds of surprise things that were happening. Right. And then one day I went to the store. It was around Christmas time. It was just a few weeks before, maybe like a week or two. And um, I, I realized only after this was a test, there was this girl that was there and she was um, she was packing her groceries, but like, uh, how should I explain it? It's like, she's alone. You can see by what she's ordering that she has a child. Okay. Um, just by what she, she picked out in her grocery and she's calculated like, you know, two kiwis, like two bananas, you know, uh, you know, like three oranges. Like I've never seen somebody do a grocery like that unless they're an old person living by themselves. Okay. Like, so this was weird to me because she was a, a woman that was fairly young. I would say like maybe 25, not more than that, you know? Um, and, and I can see by what she was, you know, picking and everything that she probably did have a kid and she was doing the, you know, the self checkout where it takes you forever to pack everything and scan everything. And, and, I, I noticed that, but it was like when the, the Lord convicted me, like I felt the Holy Spirit saying that I should help her out, but I didn't, it was like, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect that test. I had no money on me. I didn't know like even how to, like I was doing my own thing, like trying to get at the checkout and trying to pass my things. And so I just felt like, oh man, if I had had like I don't know, a $50 bill or something in my wallet, which I didn't have because I always pay debit. I, I had so wished that I had that so I could have given it to her and say, here, you know, this is going to help pay your, your grocery because I know that she was also doing that because she wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to overpass mm -hmm. the exact amount that yeah. she had in her bank account. Like I knew it, the Holy Spirit, so the Holy showed, Spirit me showed me this. So I felt so bad after I was like, oh my gosh, like I, so you I failed that test that day. I failed that test like royally. Yeah, and I really it happens. Failed I test. failed tests too. And, and, and after you you're like, bad. oh my gosh, like why didn't I just, you know, keep. And there's also a part of me. us that are like, what is she going to think? Is she going to think I'm crazy? Like if I say I want a pair of groceries, she's going to be like, who is this? Because we, we make scenarios in our minds instead of just being bold. Okay. The Holy Ghost told me this. I'm going to do it. I don't care what she thinks. I'm doing it because I'm obeying the Lord. And whatever happens, happens. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Till this day, like, I'm not even sure if that wasn't an angel, honestly. Sometimes was... God puts angels there to test us. Yeah. To see if we're going to do it. Yeah. And uh, I was really like, I, I really felt like, wow, I blew it. Like, I really just knew, like, I had a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Like, man, you should have had money. You should have done something different. And I just didn't react the way I, I should have. And I felt so bad about that. And I said, you know what? To, I said, the, I actually had a righteous anger after I said, you know what? Damn poverty, you know, because it it ruins our mindset to the point where yeah. we don't even understand on the fly how to be generous. You yeah, know, it's not even like yeah. part of it has to become so part of your DNA that you don't even think, you don't twice, even think twice and you say, hey, you know, like 
you know, Jesus wants you to have this money. God yeah. bless you, you know, and, and give them a track or give them Amen. your card or to yeah. your ministry or whatever. So, you know, like I just felt so bad about that. And then there was other times, you know, in my life and, um, you know, there's other times that we're like giving ourselves a high five because we actually reacted. saw the test and reacted we, we did the, and did what we're supposed to do. And sometimes it's not big, you know, like sometimes it's just buying a pizza for a homeless person and, and you know, talking to them and spending time with them and sharing the love of, of Christ. Like there's so many and, and different it's, things. It's also can a do. question of, of keeping our eyes open. Yeah. When we're with people, you see, uh, that's one thing that, that I, I think that the. Uh, is, is hardest when you go out in public to, to you know where I'm very task oriented I'm I'm very very task oriented when I have my list and I'm going to uh, grocery shopping whatever I just want to get in get the things get out and oftentimes I miss people I don't look intentionally at people look at needs look around be conscious of your environment see the people there mm -hmm. and I, oftentimes I I even fail at that I not being intentionally we're busy, right? looking. Yeah, sometimes we're just busy doing our own thing. You know, I'm just going to go in quick, quick, quick. I have this to do, I have that to do. But oftentimes we're not heeding to the Holy Spirit. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit that, you know, wants us to, to touch somebody's heart or minister yeah. to them. And sometimes, you know, it has to do with money. Sometimes you're going to need to give money to somebody and bless them with the little bit that you have. And then the Lord blesses you with a lot more. So it, you know, it, it just is the way it is. The Lord is, is looking for hearts that want to bless others, generous hearts. The more generous you are, the more you practice generosity and blessing others uh, financially or with your time and in different ways, the Lord is going to bless you back. It's just, it's just one of those kingdom laws. Okay. What's the third point? Is? So the third point is I can't do what God asked of me because I'm broke. Hmm. So, yeah. So you have an idea. Maybe it's a business that the Lord has been showing you to do. Maybe it's a ministry you want to start. Um, maybe the Lord has put different projects on your heart and you're like, well, one day I'll do it when I have the money. He'll provide if he really wants me to do this. He will give me the funds. So I'm just going to stay and do my little thing, my little routine. And I'm just going to wait for this to happen. Well, the way the way the Lord works is, is the opposite of that. He wants you to do the first step to provide for the second step, yep. and then the third step to provide for the fourth step. The Lord he, is not into big talkers. It, 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 no, he's yeah. not. And so when he gives you something to do, when he puts it on your mind and heart, you'll notice uh, the Lord is, and I don't want to insult him in any way, shape, or form, but but in my experience, with he nags you gently. <laughs> he He repeats. He's very patient. Very, very patient. But it it won't let you won't let it go. <laughs> He's not gonna let it go. And it's always gonna come back. Always gonna come back. And the tendency is to like if if you're broke, to put it off. Well, I don't have the funds now, Lord. I know you understand this. Right now I don't have the money. If okay, you want me to so, do this, provide. And the whole time yeah. the Lord is this, I want you to do this so I can provide. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a cycle, okay? That's the cycle is that you're in deliverance mode. You're in constant deliverance mode and God is trying to get you out of deliverance mode to get you where he can bless you. Okay. To be in abundance mode. So the way it works is that provision, most, yeah. is provision. So most people um, are praying and saying, God, God provide for this ministry for provide for this, provide for our needs, provide for this. Cause we don't have money to do this and to do that. Okay. 
And then the Lord gives you this idea. The Holy Spirit gives you this idea. So he's answering your prayer, but you don't see it that way. Oh, but that would require you didn't get a me, check. That would require right? me buying such and such yeah. to do this. So obviously so, that can't be of God because so he knows I don't have money. Okay. So for example, I've talked to a lot of overseas pastors and ministers that are in India, Pakistan, and all these countries. Okay. And they have this mentality where, you know, um, American people, U.S., Canadian people have lots more money, which oftentimes they do. But they're saying, you know, give me so I can do this thing mm -hmm. and bless these people because I don't have money. And they, a lot of these people do live in uh, poverty-stricken uh, places and, you know, they live in environments that are not prone to prosperity, okay? So the thing is that the Lord knows this, okay? The Lord knows this. Now, oftentimes these areas have been... Um, how should I say it? The poverty spirit and uh, religious spirit is at full force. It's ravaged. Okay? It's ravaged those places. And it's ravaged cases. and it's eaten everything that's good. Like locusts, okay? it has devoured everything. But God is a merciful God, and God still has the best strategies. He's still the smartest. He's the smartest of all. Amen. And there's a reason why, even in these environments, there are pastors that are making it, that are uh, getting funds, that are able to. Uh, provide that are able to um, create certain things um, for these people to be able to have food, to be able to have this and that. Okay, so does God love them more than that other person that's not making it, that's having a hard time, that's doing the will of God? No, it's because his faith and his mindset is different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's happening is the person is, God can't work with somebody that's constantly begging and not listening to what he's saying. Okay. So if you're constantly in begging mode, begging mode, and the only deliverance that you see is checks coming in or people giving to your PayPal, and that's the only way you think God can bless you, that's a very small way of thinking about God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when, for example, he gives you an idea where you have a lot of women that are good with their hands that are able to create beautiful silk, um, uh, you know, beautiful fabric to, to put around women's neck, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, like scarves, or they're able to make, you know, jewelry, or they're able to make, um, you know, dresses and different things like that. Uh, there's a lot of ministers that have gone to these poverty stricken places to teach them how to make a business yeah. out of just using simple beads and, you know, making, uh, different jewelry for tourists and that helped them get out of uh, uh, financial ruin. They, okay? they got out of poverty through that so, entrepreneurship. But, uh, you so know, it's uh, all about the way that people think, right? So if you just, I mean, with the, the, the strategy that we have with the online world now, it doesn't cost that much to just be able to, you know, get a bit of fabric and some sewing, a sewing machine and create some dresses and then put them online to sell, you know, a lot of, a lot of, People are resourceful. Like if, if you know, people in India and Pakistan that are not believers are able to do this and create money coming in and do very well for themselves. Like I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, very good with technology, uh, doing graphic arts in these countries and this and that. They have found ways to make money, and they're the non-believers. But mm -hmm. the Christians are in this mode of begging. So yes. the same thing happens in America where a lot of people are just waiting for the magic mailbox. And the Lord is saying, no, no, no. Like, you know, 
I want you to write this book or I want, I want you, you to go and do to, to go, go and, and do, do and, and, you know, start in your church. I want you to, to start this thing in your church. And then that's step one. And you don't see how it's going to no. help you financially right away, but you won't even do step one. And God wants to bless you through that. And it's like a series of doors that are going to open. Right. So that's why I'm telling you that it's really important to uh, have this different mindset where you really are open to what God's going to do and be an action person and not a, um, you know, I'm just going to wait and not do anything and just wait for funds to roll in. Yeah. And I like what you're saying because the Holy Spirit gives you the plan. See, the Holy Spirit has full 2020 vision. Yeah. He sees all. Okay. So he sees everything that's possible for you mm -hmm. to get out of poverty. So he gives you a plan. He expects you to take that the steps to do to, to do it. But oftentimes when you're broke, when you when you don't have much money, right away you have your big excuse. Can't do that, Lord. I'm broke. You know that. I know you won't hold it against me because you're you're merciful. And, and I'm broke and I'm praying that you would give me money. And the whole time the Lord's like, I just did. I gave you the idea that's going to bring you to a place where you're going to make money. So what God wants from us uh, when we don't have any resources, what he wants from us is resourcefulness mm -hmm. so that he can bring us to having resources. So yeah. when you don't have much, he knows where you are. Uh, start. You know, you've probably heard the saying in entrepreneurship. We have a saying, start where you are with what you've got. Yep. Sometimes it's not much, but if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he's going to show you the way out or the way in to generate some provision or something yeah. to, to, to get, we'll just, get, we'll to just get give that, you an example. that machine rolling. Yeah, we'll just give you an example. You know, the, the person that used to be, I don't know if he still is the president of the John Maxwell team. He had started, um, you know, with a, uh, with Paul Martinelli. Yeah, he started yeah. with a few items to clean uh, businesses. Okay, so he yeah. said, I'm going to be this janitor that cleans businesses, um, you know, cleans their office space. And basically, all I have is a mop, a he vacuum. Started, I think he started, yeah. he told his story. He he started for free. Yeah. <laughs> he, he went to a place and says, do you mind if I clean your windows? And the lady, the secretary, who was the receptionist, she said, well, we already have someone who does that. Well, do you mind if I do it for free? And the lady said, go, go right ahead. So he cleaned the windows. He did a really good job. So he did that in a whole slew of buildings in the same neighborhood, all businesses. Yeah. He went in, you mind if I clean your windows? We already. They all said pretty much the same thing. We already have a company where we're, and he did it, but he did it many consecutive days and weeks until some people noticed that actually he did a better job than the other guy. So they'd be like, you know what? I like what, I like the way you're doing this and you're doing a better job. And I've never seen uh, so clearly on the other side of that window. <laughs> so what do you, what do you say we, we give you the contract? I think we'd like you to do this. So he started building his business that way. He started with, I, I think he said he had basically a, just a bucket, a mop and then a, a few box uh, bottles of Windex or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was nothing. really sad. And then he started investing and getting more supplies boom, 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 boom. and off and cleaning. You know, so it was his resourcefulness doing, yeah. that initially got the business started, which eventually grew 
to a million dollar business. Yeah. So he ended up hiring people. Yeah. Then delegating and not cleaning the windows himself. And then having other people hiring other people to do that for him. Okay. So, and then it went up and up and up and then he ended up selling it and made a lot of money in return because that business was really fruitful. Same thing with John Maxwell's father, John Maxwell's dad, who passed away a year or two ago uh, at the age of 95 or something like that. Um, John Maxwell was telling the story about his dad who went through the Great Depression. And throughout the Great Depression, you know how many people were broke, completely broke, like in, in dire straits. Mm -hmm. And his dad always had money and food on the table. And he said to John said to his dad, how'd you do it? What happened? He says, well, I did things completely opposite of what people normally do. He says, uh, in the morning, in the early morning, I got up just as if I had a job. I went to that place. Uh, uh, it was, um, um, how do we say, uh, uh, like hardware, a hardware store, hardware store. And I said to the man, I said, uh, do you mind if I help you place your, your stock on the, on the shelves and do some work? He says, I can't pay you buddy. Like it was the great depression. I can't pay you. I can't. He says, no, I just want, I'm kind of lonely. I'm bored. I'd like to help out a little bit. Is that okay with you? And the man looked at him kind of weird says, okay, you know what? Okay. And so he did that, but with many, a, a few companies every day. And he did it for free until one day, maybe a week or two later, the hardware store guy really liked the way the guy worked. He says, you know what? I don't, I don't have a big need for an employee right now, but I like what you've been doing. You do a really good job. Mm -hmm. Could I give you a part-time job to work for me two days a week? Would that be okay? And the father said, yes, but guess what he did? He did that with more than one company. So John Maxwell's dad actually found he had three jobs. He said, in the middle of the Great Depression, I ended up through that method. Mm -hmm. I had three jobs. I had more money than I had previously when I had my full-time job. And we had food on the table and there was everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Now that is resourcefulness. Right. That's being resourceful. Yeah. And that is oftentimes what's so hard for us to get going is when God asks us to do the thing. And we have that excuse right away. It's like, well, I'm broke. I can't do it. Yeah. But you know my heart, Lord, if I had money, I would do it. No, you wouldn't. And here's the thing. Now you're being mm. tested. Then you fail that test because you're not showing God your best. You're not showing God that you're willing to do this in order to get to the next level where mm. the blessing comes in. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people are scared of what the Lord is asking them because sometimes it's a learning curve, right? It's something that is going to demand you learning how to do it. Like you might be like, I have no clue how to do this for, you know, I've heard stories of people that said, you know, I'm supposed to, the Lord would like me to write a book about this or about my testimony, how I got out of this. And, that, and I have no idea how to do this. So instead of doing it and figuring out how to do it, and, you know, that thing could have, you know, helped them financially. They'll just stay in the mud, in the muck and say, yeah. I really have no clue. And I anyway, I don't have the means to do this. So I'll just wait till, you know, the Lord provides magic mailbox, magic whatever. mailbox, and then I'll finally do it. And in reality, the Lord, you know, has a ministry for you in a certain area and a certain thing that he wants you to do. And that's going to be the tool that opens the door. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not always the thing that's going to give you the, the money you need right away, but maybe some, and then opens up doors and opportunities yes. for you to get into the 
right, you know, areas where you need to be and do the thing God wants you to do. And then, you know, God shows you the vision, provides the provision for the vision. The provision for the vision. So oftentimes it's important to pray and ask the Lord, you know, to show you show the vision, the plan. show you the plan, show you the, the step. You know, sometimes he might not show you the end goal, the, the vision that he has for you, but he'll show you step one, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes, you know, I've been there in my life where I said, Lord, uh, are you serious? Because... <laughs> I almost thought like I was inventing things in my head. Like, you know, you kind of like some things take you off guard and you're like, um, okay, I've done that and I failed at that. Why are we going back there? You know? Mm -hmm. And, and then the Lord would show me, you know, that I am going back there, but I'm going with him back there. So I'm Completely doing different. something similar, yeah. but I'm doing it with him. And now I'm in the direction that he wants me to go in and so, yes, I'm technically doing some of the same thing, which I failed at, but now I'm going to do it with him and with his inspiration, with Holy Spirit guidance, with his blueprint. And that's why it's going to succeed. Absolutely. And so that demands a lot of faith because, you know, are we tend to, um, you know, hold on to some of our failures and think that it, we're doomed to always fail in that area because we did in the past and with God, all things are possible. So yeah. he, it's like the, the story, you know, with Peter and the fish and, you know, they, they, he fished all night and like, well, what, what's going to be so different what's about gonna me? be so different now? Like, now, like what the fish are going to be awake. They're going to find my boat. Like, you know, you can, you know, you, <laughs> you could just imagine what was going Peter's head, but he's like, this is the Lord. You but, know? but you know what? I, I love it. I love that. So it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. But Peter sowed a seed by lending the boat, right, for Jesus to preach from. Yeah. So that was the seed sown. Now Jesus said, okay, now launch, go, in, go out into the deep and, and launch your nets for a catch. And, uh, and see, Jesus wanted Peter to follow him. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, see the whole that that the, the whole stuff that's not told to us in, in the gospels, we have to kind of figure it out in a way. Peter was in, in survival mode. He needed to feed his family. He needed to fish every day, go out and fish every day to make money. And Jesus knew he wouldn't just up and leave the nets and follow him. Mm -hmm. He had to provide. So he was going to show Peter incredible provision after peter sold the seed of obedience right yeah. go and step out in faith and all that mm -hmm. so the catch they made that day provided approximately for a year's worth of salary no worry free money mm -hmm. so that's when they left their nets and they followed jesus christ so we kind of forget about that and the marketplace how that translated that catch that they had on that day how it translated in the marketplace meant freedom for months, if not a year, to follow Jesus without any worry. See, yeah. it's hard sometimes when God calls you into ministry, mm. if you're, you're if you so happen to have been called in ministry, it's very hard to step out in faith, trusting fully that the Lord is going to provide because sometimes you, you just left your full-time job or 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 or, or you you, you kind of left your nets, right? And, but you didn't have that big cash. You just left your nets and followed the Lord yeah. in obedience. And you're like, what am I doing? Am I ruining my life? What's going to happen? And But God will reward your faith as you step out in faith and you obey and you obey in, in, the, in the little things at first. 
-hmm. You're going to see his provision come in. You need not worry. God knows what he's doing when he calls someone to to, to do a thing. To, to, when he gives you a plan, just do it. He knows best. Yeah. And the, the fourth, fourth myth point. is yeah. I can't do more for my ministry because I don't have supporters or enough funds rolling in. Um, so uh, oftentimes people lack vision. Okay. So when they're in ministry, a lot of times they want to do more for the Lord. They, 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 you know, the Lord has given them ideas for their ministry, but they kind of are on the fence because, you know, they're waiting for more supporters or, you know, uh, you know, help us do this, help us do that. Um, but they're lacking that vision where the Lord really guides you into how to, to get this money. So sometimes it's not just about asking other people to support your ministry for it to grow. Sometimes it's other ways that the Lord is going to show you that you can put things into place that is going to bring in some funds. But a lot of people um, lack that vision and don't ask the right questions to the Holy Spirit to start with. Yeah, and this this brings me to uh, to something that I, I, that's on my heart. I really want to share this. I think it's going to minister to some people. When when you're in ministry, and the funds are not pouring in, Satan will come in and whisper in your ear. See, God's not blessing, so. He didn't really call you to do that. Mm. He didn't really want you doing that. That is a huge testing for many mm -hmm. people called in ministry when the mm -hmm. funds are coming in, when the blessings are coming in. And then the devil is going to use that moment because it's a time of testing. It's a time of, of faith testing. Yeah. And the devil will come. And, I, and we've been through that a lot. We've been through that a lot. Can you see? For example, see? Nobody's listening to your broadcast or nobody's pouring into your ministry. It's all in vain. Nobody cares. Mm. And he's going to sing his sing song. And if you're not careful, you're going to fall for it. You're going to become discouraged. And a lot of people have left the ministry as a result of those times of testing. Yeah. Because oftentimes you're mm -hmm. three feet from gold. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if we have time for that story. But there was a story in the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Man who had bought mining equipment. He, uh, he, he had uh, prospected a place that was rep, uh, had a reputation for having a lot of gold, and he he bought all the equipment and invested a lot of money because he wanted to get to that gold. So he started digging and digging, and he dug a multitude of tunnels uh, yeah. in the mine. And after I think if it was over a year of digging. Mm. He was spent. He was spent physically. He was spent emotionally. He was spent morally. And he had no more pennies in the bank account. Packed his things up. Put them up for sale. Anybody who wants to buy gold prospecting equipment, there was a guy. And he was he was really lowering his price because he just wanted to get he out and wanted, go back to, yeah. you know. Whatever. I give up. I give so up. Far. It was a give up. So he's like basically giving it away. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy who, who wanted the equipment. Yes, yeah, sure. I, I'd like the equipment. But that guy, once he bought the equipment, he hired the, the best geologist in the region. And the geologist's job was to, to, to um, examine the terrain and the rocks and all that and, and really make a survey of the land. Mm -hmm. And he went in one of the tunnels and he says, Hmm. According to my calculations, 
in that tunnel right here, there should be gold and it shouldn't be far. Mm -hmm. I think if you get, dig a little more to the left or a little more to the right, I don't remember where it was exactly. You're going to be pretty close. It was as a slight angle. Mm -hmm. Started digging and no joke, three feet later, struck gold. Yeah. He struck gold three feet. So the man, pre the previous, previous man had given up. Three feet from three gold. Feet from gold, and oftentimes the devil will come and tell you that you're a failure. He's going to tell you that you weren't truly called. He's going to tell you that you're all doing this in vain when you're three feet mm. from gold. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. This is your time. Don't pack up your stuff and sell it on Kijiji. <laughs> it's time to keep digging, and God has something waiting for you in store if you keep uh, if you keep at it. The plan, the vision He gave you initially. You know, that's the thing when we, it, it can get exhausting. It can get humanly, we, oftentimes we're tested. I remember a time, and I, I'm going to tell you a confession here. I broke down, completely broke down. It was maybe, what, four years ago, Liz? Mm -hmm. At the kitchen table, I was trying everything. I, I mean, I was, I, I was doing to, like uh, earlier I said, the best of my knowledge. Well, mm -hmm. there's that was the problem. That was my best thinking, and I needed Holy Spirit thinking. Mm -hmm. And I was at my wit's end. Yeah. I broke down and sobbed. I really sobbed, shaking. My whole body was shaking for 20 good minutes. Mm -hmm. And the kids were around me and said, what's wrong with Daddy, Mommy? What's <laughs> it? And I was like, like just, let, just let him be. Daddy, Daddy needs to cry it out. And it's a, it was, it's a shame for a man to cry in front of his kids like that. It's not fun. And I'm telling you this, putting myself out there, because I want you guys to understand that discouragement can come in the worst, uh, in the worst ways. I was at the end, at my wit's end. Yeah. But you know what? You after that, talk. after that, I felt a little bit better, though. <laughs> and I was able to keep going, thank yeah. God. I was able to keep going, thank God, because I know that God has, God has great plans for me and Elizabeth. God has great plans for Thriving on Purpose is going to bless a multitude of people. Mm -hmm. The books we're writing, the content we're dishing out, I know it's going to do the work that the Lord showed us in prophetic words and all kinds of stuff. But back then, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any prophetic words. I didn't I didn't have that. that stuff. So it was really me, my faith, the yeah. scriptures, uh, hope, uh, trying stuff. Uh, and, and really the, the being obedient hard. to the leading of the Holy Spirit because... When we have these moments, it's like the Lord would take us back up and, and give yes, us that, that after that, you know, when you, you felt that way, the next day was like, okay, you know, you can, you can go next to mile yeah. and you can keep on digging. And, and, and our, <laughs> our, our motto, our, digging our, deeper to climb higher. Yeah. That's what it was back then. Digging, digging deeper, deeper to, to climb, climb higher. higher. That's exactly what we did. And yeah. then the Lord shifted that. And the Holy Spirit showed us that this season we were entering in the building up the kingdom, tearing, tearing down, down strongholds. Stronghold. So we kind of changed so, our tagline from digging deeper to climb higher to building up the kingdom and tearing down strongholds. Yeah. So all this to say, you know, the, the lack of vision is a problem and the, the devil will, you know, once you have that vision and you put start putting things into place and it's difficult or you know you know you're not sure about certain things you don't know how god's going to bring in the means and and you're digging those ditches which you're going by faith and you're putting things in place that's when the devil will, will try to you know discourage you when things aren't going the way you think they're going to uh, 
um, happen. And sometimes, you know, God likes to surprise us. You know, he'll give you a plan. You're going this direction, but he's going to throw you a curveball where he's going to bless you in a complete other way that you yeah. didn't expect. And you're like, but I've been asking these people to provide. I didn't see that coming. You know, this guy that shows up out of nowhere that, yeah. that wants to bless your ministry that you ha you never met from today. And you're like, whoa, where did this come from? Right. Yeah. Like all things, God can do whatever he wants as long as you're obedient and you, you don't give up and you persevere into to the, the calling he has for you. And so that's what the other thing is that digging your ditches is really important. And we talk about that in oh, other wow. of our podcasts. Yeah. And it, we've seen a lot of blessings come through that where. You know, it's like, Lord, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I stopped questioning it because I, I know I've learned long, you know, many times that questioning God and how he's going to do it. We just don't have that knowledge. We just don't have that capacity of knowing how he's going to do it. He likes to surprise us. So now I'm, I'm really have this mentality where, okay, this is what you want me to do. Okay. This is what I'm going to put into place. Lord, guide me every step of the way. Holy Spirit, guide me. Am I going off course? Is it, you know, I'm always trying to get back into to, to focus, yeah. to be laser focused in what I know that he wants me to do. And when I do that and I'm obedient, sort of like, um, you know, like a trailblazer that's moving in the muck, if you want, in the, in the you know, terrain, oftentimes that is not... Um, uh, an area, it's oftentimes something different and it's something that the Lord is bringing up that's something new. So it's oftentimes a lot of learning curves. And that's why I really have to walk and ask Holy Spirit to guide me every step of the way. But when you do that, it, you do have clarity. It's like the flashlight that's, you know, the, right the light in onto front your of path. Your, the Lord you know, is a light onto your path. You don't see the miles away in light, but you see, you know, the, the feet in front of you and you're always stepping forward until all of a sudden there's a breakthrough and there's something that happens and then the Lord gives more hit, blessing. Then, then you hit gold. You're, you and then three you're feet happy from gold and, and then, you're so boom. glad that you were obedient, right? So, and then it shifts, you know, and then he brings you in, in more, right? So you're expecting more, you're going to get more, but you have to be obedient. Yeah. So the last, last, myth, last is myth is that basically the love of money as a The broke love of person, money as a broke person is, is called, called being cheap. Okay. And that, that's going to, I know that's going to step on some toes. The love of money as a broke person is called being cheap. See, because we have a misconception uh, in, in most, in many Christian circles, many Christian minds and hearts that only the rich have the love of money and that broke people don't have a love of money. Mm. But that is a misconception. And uh, oftentimes uh, for the poor people, it'll disguise itself in all kinds of ways. So they don't think they're, they're struggling with the love of money. But I think there was a, a clip I wanted to share. Yeah. Uh, Can you share your screen? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just going to go here. Boom. Yeah, there's a clip I wanted to share of Josh Tolley. Who, who talks about this. Who is the author of, I, I don't have the book, but I have the audio book. Evangelpreneur. Evangelpreneur by Josh Tolley. And the, we're talking tonight about myth busting. We're busting myths. Trust me, we're nowhere near as good as Josh Tolley when it comes to busting money myths in the Christian 
mind. Mm. Uh, his book, Evangelpreneur, is absolute gold. It's fantastic. Uh, but I want to share with you this clip where he's uh, interviewed and he shares a little uh, wisdom. Even when we look at the larger issue, people always say, well, Josh, money, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And it's sad to say, but most Christians and most Christian pastors couldn't pass a third grade English class. And I'm not saying that to be sarcastic or snarky. In third grade, your teacher hands you a red pencil and tells you, circle the action word in the sentence. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, third graders would know, circle love. Most Christians, circle money. Well, if we look at it, what love is, when you love your spouse or your spouse-to-be, you think about them all the time. When they're not with you, all you can do is, is think about how to get more of them. When they're mad at you, it ruins your day, right? Well, let's replace fiancé with money. How do you love money? You spend as much time making it as you can. When it's not with you, it captivates your thoughts. When it's mad at you, i.e. debt, it ruins your day. So again, just like we didn't understand what a servant to money was, we don't understand what loving money is. Many of us are loving money in our poverty. And we love to say, oh, it's the rich guy that loves money. No, because it's the rich guy that's given away most of it. It's the poor person who leaves family, leaves church, moves two states away to make $4 more an hour. That's loving money. God would rather have you living under a bridge, poor, with your family and a Bible than moving four states away just to make three, four dollars more an hour. And we have to get over this problem. Wow. Well, that's Josh Tolley in a, in a nutshell. Uh, there, there's great videos where he teaches stuff on uh, on YouTube. You can find yeah, him there. Check him out. He's very, very Check good. him out. And and do yourselves a favor. Buy his book, Evangelpreneur. So if you buy one book, if you buy one book, buy Evangelpreneur to fix your money mindset. But, but if you buy, if you decide, you know what? I could spend more than that. I can buy more than one book. If you decide to buy two books, to fix your money mindset by five reasons <laughs> God wants you to prosper by Sebastian Richard. I actually quote from Josh Tolley in the book. Uh, there's a quote I took from Evangel I share in the book. Uh, but this book uh, I wrote five reasons. It's a shameless plug, really. But hey, it's my broadcast, so why not? Well, the Holy Spirit led him Absolutely. to write that book. And it's really, you know, um, what we've learned in the shifting of the mindset in the renewed mind, how we need to think about God wanting to help us to um, to get out of financial debt, how, how he wants for us to prosper and all the biblical promises and all of that is really important to really have a good foundation. So it really is a book that helps you to renew your mind uh, in your way of thinking. And then, you know, all, a lot of that by doing that, like we were saying, you know, listening to um, declarations and the, that video that we we're talking about financial declarations on YouTube on our thriving on purpose channel. And this book is really going to help you shift that mindset to having a renewed mind. When it comes to money, there's a lot of things that Sebastian debunks. Uh, he debunks a lot of things that you're going to realize, wow, okay, you know, I didn't, see it that way you know and and you know this book i wrote it because i had been there uh 
and God freed me from a, po a poverty spirit. Yeah. And and it shifted my mindset so much. And it was such a blessing. I was like, other believers need to know this because you cannot prosper unless you believe that it's God's will for you to prosper. And that's the biggest hindrance for most believers is that we don't really believe that it's God's will for us to prosper. Mm -hmm. We say he's good. We say we believe he's good. And yet when it comes to prosperity, we're like, well, he's good, but he's not that good. You know, and I think that's something that has to, to be done away with. And that's why I wrote or the book. Or he's good, but he's not good to, he's not going to be that good to me. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm so much of a big sinner, bigger sinner than so-and-so. Yeah, there know? might be that too. But I, I think the, the main thing, see, a lot of books are written uh, to basically uh, tell Christians how to prosper or how to pray to prosper or whatnot. This book, the main reason I wrote this book is to fix your mind. Mm -hmm. fix your mindset concerning money that's the biggest hurdle once you fix that then everything else can be like you can become an entrepreneur you can everything else becomes possible but yeah, unless you fix the mindset yeah and that's why you know we didn't get the blueprints on how to do entrepreneurship or how to do ministry or how to do any of this before we started shifting our mindset so yeah. the lord when we started praying to get out of debt years ago, the Lord brought us through entrepreneurship first. He brought us through personal growth. And we started learning about personal growth, learning how to, to shift our mindset, how to grow ourselves, how to think bigger. And as believers started Christianizing a lot of that and seeing how a lot of these principles were also in the Bible and connecting the two dots, right? Yes. And then, um, then a lot of these things shifted. You could go see our podcast. I think it's the third podcast um, on thrivingonpurpose.com that talks about why Christians need personal growth. Mm. And um, yeah, that that'll, that'll make a case for you to understand why it's important as well. But this is really an important book for you to get and to do the bib biblical financial declarations, combining it together, because both of them are going to really shift your mindset. And, you know, everybody's talking about the great transfer of wealth coming. You know, we're hearing a lot of prophecies mm. about the great transfer of wealth. But, you know, let's let's be honest. You know enough of the character of God. You know enough about how God proceeds. He's not going to give a huge transfer of wealth to people that cannot manage it at all, exactly. that cannot process that kind of money um, and, you know, give them boatloads of money to ruin them. Exactly. So you have to get into the right mindset first, prepare yourself mentally, um, you know, ask the Lord to shift your mindset you know, and we're going to pray at the end of this broadcast to get rid of the poverty and religious spirit that oftentimes plagues Christians and blinds them. And that's because that's why most of them can't even see that they have the wrong set mindset, that they don't have a kingdom mindset, that they don't have the mind of Christ when it comes to do with money. And so I really encourage you to, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's going to give us a ton of money if you buy this book, okay? It's like seven bucks on Amazon. It's really a tool that we that he created. It's more like nine bucks, but yeah. It's really yeah. a tool that he created for you. It's to help the believer, okay? Yeah, this is that, why we do this. And at the end of you. the book, at the end of the book, I uh, I put an appendix where I put all the prosperity scriptures in the Bible, mm -hmm. all those that I was able to find. I yeah. might have forgotten a few, but. Uh, I, I compiled a ton of prosperity scriptures that that pertain to to, to to God and entrepreneurship and prosperity. 
to for you to read out loud and repeat and read them out loud so that you build up your faith and come to a place in your life where you actually believe and understand that, yeah, it is God's will to prosper uh, prosper me. He does delight in the prosperity of his servant, and I'm his servant. So, yeah, yeah you're going to understand why. It's something that why he desires for me. It's he not, loves me. It's to... not important because he wants you to go do a cruise or no. get a better car. Well, maybe a better car, but not a, <laughs> Yeah. You know, some people are driving around. Some, in some people need a better car. Yeah. But what I mean is, you know, it's not because he wants you to buy the, the latest Ferrari. Okay. You're going to understand by reading this book where it's shifting you, where, how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to spend, where are you supposed to concentrate your money? Where does he want, why does he want to prosper you? Exactly. Why is it important for him to build the kingdom of God through you? And oftentimes it takes money. It doesn't just take the will and the action. It does take some of that, but it also takes the funds. No, well, a little nugget I share in the book is I, I tell people, look, everybody respects Billy Graham. We all love him. Mm -hmm. We all think he was America's pastor. We all look at uh, the works, the fruit from his life are undeniable. So many people came to Christ because of his crusades. Right. But very few people know that Billy Graham, once he passed, was worth approximately $25 million. Mm -hmm. Now, the man understood the importance of wealth. He even said it himself. Uh, uh, he said, if you fix your mindset concerning money, it's going to fix a lot of things in your life. Yeah. Uh, Billy Graham, that's one of his quotes. So I think this is one of the most important things for believers is to fix your mindset concerning money. That's why we did this broadcast tonight. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of blessings are going to come into your purpose also, because when you get that out of the way, oftentimes that cripples a lot of believers into moving forward in what God has for them. So it really is going to help you to have um, a renewed mind to ask the Holy Spirit. I encourage you pray and ask the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people ask the wrong question. So Lord, deliver me. I'm in financial debt. I can't pay this. I can't pay that. The Lord knows all of that. Okay, so what the question is, Lord, how do I get myself out of this situation? Yes. How do I uh, do this thing? How do I how am I able to pay my bills? Is there something I'm not seeing? Is there, um, you know, fragments that I'm not seeing? Maybe there's something that I can use. Something I can sell. Um, something I can sell in my house that is useless that somebody else would want that would give me 50 bucks, that would give me 100 bucks, whatever. You know, some people have been surprised by uh, these things where the Holy Spirit shows you different things. And then all of a sudden you realize that you made off $200 off Kijiji and it paid uh, a bill that you had to pay, right? The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.18 that he has given you, you, you and me, the ability to create wealth. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that he gave you for a reason. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't give you the ability unless he wanted you to use it. Now, if he's giving you the ability to create wealth, it's up to us to ask the Lord and say, well, like you, you said, Lord, show me the plan. Show mm -hmm. me the blueprint. Show me what to do, and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've been put on the earth uh, for a purpose, for a reason. You, there's something you want me to do. There's a work you want me to do. It says in, the, in Genesis that he put Adam in the garden to cultivate and keep it. Even Adam had a job, a, a job description, an assignment. Well, you have an assignment too. Every single human being ever since then has been sent and dispatched to the earth with an assignment. Well, assignments, you know, a, a job or, or, or purpose, whatever you want to call it, 
it's going to demand some money. There's going to have to be stuff that you, 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 you're going to have to spend on to do, to get it done. Yeah. So you need a plan. You need a you, blueprint. You, you have to put some guidance. skin in the game. You have to put yeah. some skin in the game. Um, I, I've seen too many people wait on the sidelines, see other people get blessed, and they weren't willing to put a hundred bucks towards starting a business, yeah. uh, starting something, do, moving forward in some way. You know, one step at a time. One step at a time. Be obedient. God is going to give you more to do that thing that He wants you to do. But you have to go by faith yeah. and and move forward. In that, I, I, we can't say it enough of how the Lord um, has shown us time and time again. And you know why we did this broadcast is because we want you to understand that when you're in this mindset and you feel like, um, you know, everybody else is prospering except for you, uh, you know, you, you, you have this idea that's negative to have money and you, you, you found this like self-righteous way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And in reality, you're living in a life of, of um, your, your, uh, you're suffocating yourself. Okay. God came to bring us freedom and there's freedom in being financially free. There's freedom in not having to worry about that. There's freedom in saying, Hey, you know what? I'd like to bless this person in my family that just lost his job and has three kids. And I wish I could do something for them. There's a lot of joy in, in being able to do things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to shift that way of thinking and say, Lord, I want to be a vessel. I exactly. want you to use me and I want you to shift my mindset. I want you to get rid of all the crud and my, my bad way of thinking concerning money. And I want you to renew my mind into a kingdom mindset, into a mind of Christ where it comes to my finances so that you can bless me um, and, and, you know, help me to get out of the situation. So ask him the right questions. <clears throat> what can I do? How can I get myself out of the situation and, and act in obedience when he gives you those small ideas? At first, you're going to think, oh, maybe it's my ideas. But oftentimes they come back and you realize, no, it's the Holy Spirit giving you these ideas. And, and you know, a prayer that most mm -hmm. believers don't Sorry. pray, uh, don't, don't tend to pray is something along the lines of, Lord, make me a vessel of your abundance. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned earlier the river principle that, that God wants money to always flow, yeah. always move. So guess what? It wants flow it to in, move through out. you. He wants it to move. The, he wants wealth to move through you. He doesn't want to stop. He doesn't want wealth to stop at you yeah. because uh, Ecclesiastes mentions that the hoarding of wealth is an evil thing. Yeah. He wants money flowing through you flowing through you so you want to be a channel where that is made possible and the only way it's made possible is if you fix your mindset you, you fix your character you fix you ask the lord to show you do i have a love of money lord because like i said earlier it's not the, it's not most of the time it's not just the, the the rich people who have that it's the broke people have it even worse yeah because a lot of people i'm not saying all wealthy people some are, of them are hoarders yeah, yeah, absolutely. and investors for themselves and that's it but a lot of them are phila philanthropists a lot of them are trying to give a lot of it away so that they can bless other people because some of them came from poverty stricken environments and, and they understand the, the, the benefits and the blessing to help other people, even if they're not saved. Some of them have, have done that. But what is important to understand is that once you, once you take this journey with the Lord, you're able to create that that wealth, you know that the Lord has your back and there's like a cycle going where it comes in, it comes out, it comes in, it comes out, yeah. right? 
So you don't have this, I need to hoard it. It's, you know, what if it doesn't come back? What if I don't No, you don't have that mindset anymore. And that's why we're saying that a lot of uh, broke people have a cheap mindset where they hold on to it and hoard it. And, and they're very, very stingy with five bucks, very stingy with a small, small amount compared to somebody that has a lot, you know, has some money that that is more hey. generous hey. in proportion to what he has is more generous because he knows that there's a flow. There's a flow. It's going to come back. So he's not hoarding it. It's going to come back, you know? Yeah. Because the trust is in God, not in the money. So Liz, you right. said you wanted to pray for yes. our listeners. That's a great idea. Um, go, yeah. go right ahead. So Father, we come to you and we ask you, Lord, to, um, to just help the people on this broadcast that are listening to this broadcast that have been touched by this broadcast that maybe realized, you know, that, um, the, that there may have been some influences of religious, uh, poverty spirits or religious spirits that have, uh, shaped their mindset. And, um, we know we live in a fallen world and, um, the world has done a number on our mindsets concerning money and generosity and, um, we just want to have a kingdom mindset. We just want to have a, a renewed mind. So we ask you, Father God, to break uh, everybody listening to this broadcast from break them free. We cut off um, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of religion that is plaguing people, that is trying to suffocate their finances, that is trying to blind them into um not seeing the reality, not seeing the truth yes. of what you have, Father God, for them, that how you want to bless them and uh, how you want to go about doing this. So we just break off these evil spirits that have been plaguing these believers, that have been ruining their lives, that have been um, putting them into financial ruin or financial debt. Our bondage. Our bondage in any way, Father God. We break it off break in it the off name of Jesus. Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus on these yes. evil entities. And we bind them, Father God, in um, we bind them in a desert, Father God. We send them, we ask you for mighty warrior angels to send them uh, into a desert and to keep them bound in a cage until you come and judge them in the name of Jesus. They cannot come out of that cage. And Lord, we, we pray for the, the minds to be loosed with the light of the Holy Ghost concerning uh, all financial matters, all scriptural financial matters, Lord. Mm -hmm. I pray that your truth penetrates the minds and hearts of those listening right now. May the scales fall off their, their eyes. May they see they have a powerful purpose. May they see that you have an assignment and a calling for them. And may they see that they need to repent of, of previous uh, money mindset they had and now rely on your abundance to accomplish their purpose and their assignment. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that the, the channels of finances may open up for them, that they may have opportunity and blessing coming towards them. But Lord, first, I pray that you purify their minds and thoughts concerning money, that they may not see, that they, they may not say, oh, money is the root of all evil, but rather that they may recognize that the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil, and that they may repent if they are shown by your Holy Spirit that they have it in their heart. And may they be turned completely to you, Lord, sold out to you. And then and, and like Josh Tolley says, not uh, move four states away to go make four bucks an hour more, but rather 
that they stick it out in the situation they have now and that they just pray the Holy Ghost to get a plan, a, a real powerful blueprint to, yes. to, to, uh, to get the money they need to accomplish what they need to do. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So we hope that this blessed you, that you were blessed by this uh, broadcast. You can see us on Facebook, on um, just search Thriving on Purpose and on YouTube. Um, there's a few transitions going on with the website. So you'll notice that few, yeah. thrivingonpurpose.com now is going to lead you to uh, uh, the main podcast page where you can see all our podcasts and you can download all our podcasts Um to, we've got like over 135 podcasts. So if you enjoyed it, you can download many, many more. Absolutely. So that's it. That's it. Be blessed and thrive on. See you next week.